Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures. This week we're talking the king of all Koopas, Bowser. So Bowser is kind of an interesting figure in that I don't think his dadness really became pronounced until the last couple of years. And I'm going to get to sort of how that happened a little later on in the show. But first, I want to give sort of a context for this character, because I think this is one of those characters that, almost like Batman or some of the other characters we've talked about in the past on the show, is kind of familiar to a lot of people as just this um, this kind of pop cultural image or icon. Um, like people know who Super Mario is. They know who Bowser is. They know who like the princess or Princess Peach is. But there's some really interesting history uh, in that character. And I think the way that that character has grown over time um, or not grown really is, is kind of fascinating too. So um, Bowser was originally developed and drawn by Shigeru Miyamoto, um, who is one of the creators of a lot of Nintendo properties. Um, and he was originally drawn as kind of like an ox character. And he was brought into line with the... Um, the, the kind of turtle characters that exist in the Mario games called the Koopa Troopas. Um, they decided that he should also be kind of like this turtle figure. Um, and he first appears in the game Super Mario Brothers, which actually is not the first Mario game um, because that was preceded by games like Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong, which features Mario. And Bowser's whole role in the game is just the antagonist, right? So like he... According to the instruction manual, he uses a spell to turn the inhabitants of the Mushroom Kingdom into inanimate objects like plants and, well, plants aren't inanimate exactly, but uh, into plants and bricks and things, and then conquers the kingdom, which is like, I think a lot of people don't realize that. It's like really bizarre, like all those bricks that you're dealing with in the game and a lot of the items and things that you come across, these kinds of like really iconic items are like mushroom people that have been turned into weird things. And that raises a lot of questions about like later on, like in that universe, are those things still like, did they used to be people or I don't know, I guess like bricks exist even if they aren't people. So anyway, um, but he, so he turns everyone into like things so they can't like stand against him, I guess. And the reason that he originally kidnaps uh, the princess is that she is apparently the only one who can undo this spell that he's cast. So there is like a reason why that happens in that first game. And as we'll see down the line, there's like kind of less and less of a reason as it goes on. Um, but basically, uh, so Bowser in Super Mario Brothers is like the villain and he just is there to conquer things. Um, doesn't really have much motivation beyond just like that kind of conquering impulse, but uh, he isn't really present in the second game, which uh, in Japan is called Super Mario Brothers USA, and it's what we would call uh, Super Mario Brothers 2, was actually originally called Doki Doki Panic in Japan. Um, Bowser isn't in that game because it wasn't originally a Mario game, so the villain in that game is this kind of frog guy named um, uh, Wart. So... In Mario 3, Bowser's back and he has these Koopalings who are like sort of versions of like the turtle characters, the Koopas, with like a little more personality. So they like all have different hair 
and like appearances and they're all like named after uh, famous musicians. So you've got like Larry, Morton Jr., Wendy, like all these different like kind of kids. And it's sort of like implied that they're Bowser's kids. Um, and that raises like a bunch of questions about like, is there a Mrs. Bowser? Like, um, and that's kind of been an ongoing thing in the whole series is like, where did they come from? Like, are they Bowser's kids? And for a long time, I think basically the way that it was set up was that they sort of were. Um, and definitely in some of the Mario cartoons, they're portrayed as like, as his kind of his kids. And they're like, um, he's ordering them around and like, he gives them their own castles and airships and sends them after Mario. And Bowser's personality doesn't really come through um, in any of these games until there's a game called Super Mario RPG, which is like really the first time that a lot of these characters are kind of given personality because um, it's a role-playing game, so there's dialogue. Um, and in that game, Bowser is actually a party member. He, like, the player gets to um fight alongside him because basically he's been like deposed by this like bigger evil and he's like really upset that his castle has been taken from him um and that's sort of like the first time that we get a lot of insight into bowser's personality as like kind of this like anti-hero um who still like insists that he's evil all the time um, and his reasons for helping people are basically selfish, but he's kind of just this oafish, like, dad guy. Um, like, this big kind of, like, buff, hairy dude who has this, like, legion of minions and just, like, rules them. And uh, they seem to be, like, pretty cool with it. Like, he's not terrible to them, I guess. Um, and we start to see, like, the beginnings of his dadness in that so fast forward a few years and there's a game called Super Mario Sunshine. And one really interesting thing about that game with regards to Bowser is that it introduces a character named Bowser Jr., which again raises some questions because the Koopalings haven't shown up in years at this point and they don't appear again for quite some time. So they've kind of been... Um, put on the back burner or taken out of the limelight and we've got this character Bowser Jr. now who is like quite clearly Bowser's son and like is explicitly Bowser's son and the whole kind of plot of Super Mario Sunshine is that Bowser convinces his son that Princess Peach is his mother and that Mario has kidnapped her and it's gets into some weird psychosexual family drama stuff <laughs> um, but Bowser has this new son that just shows up and then he is like a, a fixture in the universe for like, like up until this point, he's still showing up and still in games. And so the current canon is actually that Bowser Jr. is Bowser's son and the Koopalings are not his kids, which is kind of a weird retcon. And it like, I don't know, it raises weird questions about, again, yeah, like who is Bowser Jr.'s mother? Um, and there's a really great video with Shigeru Miyamoto where people are asking him questions about things and someone asks him that and he kind of like points to himself. Um, so Bowser and Shigeru Miyamoto had a baby named Bowser Jr. And the Koopalings aren't Bowser's kids. They're just like, uh, 
teens, I guess. They're just strange teens, lost teens who are hanging out for some reason. So that's sort of like where we are now with Bowser. Like he starts as this character who is just like this trope of a villain with like in a, in a video game context in like the seventies and eighties, like, you know, the villains or antagonists just exist to be overcome. And he's sort of evolved a little bit and I'm going to get to that a little later on, but I want to get into his personality a little more, like what kind of makes him a dad. Um, And a lot of people on Twitter actually contributed their thoughts to this. And so I'm going to give some shout outs at the end of the episode um, because there's some really great input and like readings of, of the character and like what makes him a dad. So in sort of the main series, like the Super Mario series, he's still basically this antagonist. Um, But the thing about the Mario universe is that there are all of these side games. So there's like cart racing games and like board game, party games and like sports games. So he's like an antagonist in the main series, but then in these side series, he's kind of like this like, childish or like mischievous or um irate kind of character who just like flies off the handle or like uh gets upset when he doesn't get his way um and then in some of the role-playing games he is kind of just like this he's almost more bumbling um and kind of uh like a, a humorous character like he's not just like this he's not a threatening villain, really. He's just like this kind of goofball. Um, So he seems to be kind of like serious about meeting his own goals in his mind, at least, like kidnapping the princess again for some reason or taking over this kingdom or whatever. But mostly he just seems to sit around a lot, not really doing much. And in some incarnations, he actually has a castle with his name on the front, which is kind of incredible and like a very dad thing to do. Um, And when you think about it, like, Bowser is like a hardworking single father, right? Like he is just like, you know, trying to run this kingdom um, and like take care of his son. And then these other characters who like are not really his kids, but maybe he's like adopted them somehow, um, which would make like a really great sitcom. But he also has this kind of insistence on being publicly feared and this facade of invulnerability all of his castles and all of his stuff are surrounded in spikes and even he is like covered in spikes right um but underneath that he seems to just be this kind of like bumbling uncertain almost sweet character and my favorite portrayals of bowser are like when he's portrayed in uh in the side series and then also even like in promotional media where he's not really a villain he's just kind of like this weird goofball And I'll get to that more um, in a little bit. But basically, Bowser um, seems to have this weird fixation with Princess Peach. Um, So I talked about earlier how in the beginning, there was this reason given for why he kidnapped her because she was the only person who could uh, undo his weird brick transformation spell. But since then it's like he just keeps trying to do it. Like it's weird because Mario games started at this time in like video game history when explicit narrative wasn't really a big deal in a lot of games. Like it was in uh, games that were really textual 
uh, in some role-playing games. But like, if you think about like a lot of arcade games, a lot of early uh, platforming games, like explicit narrative that's like given to you as the game goes on wasn't really one of the main attractions for people. And that's changed a lot in games. So I would say that a lot of people are attracted to um, to video games lately because of these like sweeping epic stories that they are are telling the players and like whether the stories are any good or not or told in interesting ways is like besides the point like the point is that games are selling themselves on that kind of engagement and the Mario franchise has sort of like awkwardly adapted to this because there are still like a lot of of games that don't care about explicit narrative um, that are really mechanical, um, that are really sort of focused on the interactions between the player and like other objects in the game or between multiple players. And narrative doesn't really factor into it. And mostly Mario games have followed that road in that they've stayed pretty true to this formula of you run around and like avoid obstacles and try to make it to the end of this area. But they sort of have attempted to kind of like sprinkle in some narrative along the way. And so kind of like Bowser gets some characterization, but it's still mainly just this like figure of the bad guy. And in a way that's kind of awkward and a shame, but like in another light, it kind of makes sense because uh, Miyamoto, who is the creator of Bowser and a lot of these other characters, has said that he kind of sees these characters as like a big family or like a troop of actors. And that's why they can be fighting in like one game and then playing tennis or like racing carts in another. So that sort of like explains why Bowser can just kind of be this like stock villain, evil dad figure over and over again because it's not really meant to be like uh, an ongoing, like true compelling narrative, right? It, you can see it as just like a series of um, figural plays that these characters are engaging in over and over again, which is probably way more analysis or thought than any of the developers or designers of those games uh, really intended anyone to put into them. But in terms of, big recent Bowser dad developments, like I sort of talked about how you can kind of see the dadness of this character emerging in like Super Mario RPG in the 90s where you get to see sort of his uh, inner dialogue and like you get to uh, hang out with him and that kind of develops over time. So th I think the most recent and important development in dad bowser is like actually that has become kind of like a meme almost like bowser as dad and one of the reasons for that is that there was this ad for a nintendo console that only aired in japan and it featured the pop star uh kiari pamu pamu and basically what happens in the ad is that she is like jumping around and like 
flying past Nintendo characters and transforming them into like more fabulous versions of themselves. And so like, like their clothes get all sparkly or like they get different haircuts or things like that. And they just look like they've been like glammed up essentially. And when she flies past Bowser, he gets this like shirt and jacket and these like big thick dad glasses. And that kind of changed the game for a lot of people, I think, because basically you're like putting this character who is already this kind of like portly, big, dadly kind of character into this outfit that is like extremely dad. And that sort of set off this like huge wave of just like dad Bowser um, fandom almost. And there's also a, a commercial for another Nintendo game that I think was within like a year or two of that where basically this family is playing a game on their couch and um, the dad like picks up one of the controllers and like turns into Bowser but he's wearing glasses like the same glasses the dad was wearing and so like Nintendo is aware that Bowser is like this kind of fatherly figure but beyond those kinds of like little gestures, they don't really explore it, which I think is really kind of a shame because uh, there's been this trend in in video games over the past few years. And it may even be kind of winding down now, but there were a lot of games released that were like high level, big budget titles about fatherhood. And often the things that they had to say about being a dad were extremely uninteresting and they were basically just like being a dad is about being like a protective figure and protecting like vulnerable people like women or like uh children and they weren't really that compelling um just a lot of stuff about you know being um being strong and like kind of being in control of the situation and i think because the of the ways that video games have sort of lagged behind narrative exploration um, or, or the forms of narratives um, compared to other media, people, some people were very excited about this because it's like, oh, we're, we're getting new stories. These aren't stories about, you know, kind of like faceless space marines or like chosen heroes who have no families and are totally disconnected to, to anyone they care about. But we're getting like stories about, about families and about dads. And that is true, but also those stories are like kind of boring. And the idea of a kind of like a game that would explore Bowser's dadness is something that would just be really incredible, I think. Like imagining a game where um, Bowser is just like trying to run his castle and trying to like keep his children happy. I mean, I'm going to pretend that he has like a ton of rowdy kids, like all of these rowdy boys and this rowdy girl, uh, the Koopalings. Uh, I'm going to pretend that they are his, his kids because effectively they are. Nintendo has just weird ideas about canon. Um, and like imagine him like running his castle and like trying to keep his kids happy and also out of trouble and also periodically maybe having to deal with like these jackass plumbers Um coming and like messing up his shit like the idea of that is just like so compelling to me and like so counter to like the realities of what we're likely to get because like 
the fact is that these kinds of interpretations of these characters are really fan creations. Like they're maybe acknowledged or accidentally hit upon by by companies in these like promotional bits or in these like little um, references peppered throughout uh, throughout games, especially in kinds of translations of text. Often translators will like um, play on these these fan um, theories or like fan reactions to characters, but they're seldom the focus of of whole titles or of whole products because uh, mostly because <laughs> companies like Nintendo aren't as interesting as like their fans. Um, so it sucks because we're not going to probably see anything like that. Um, instead, we're just going to continue to see Bowser being this villain and him like showing up in uh, to play baseball with Mario for some reason or to, to race carts and all of these really interesting interpretations uh, of the character are like created by fans picking out these tiny little details and extrapolating them into these like really fascinating ideas. But like, I mean, Bowser really is like one of the longest running dad characters in, in gaming. And like, I think it's a shame that Nintendo and like that, the way that gaming culture is set up, like doesn't really let us, explore um explore that like explicitly right like we're not going to get bowser dad sim anytime soon um just like we're not going to get Star Fox dating sim because well that would probably be a little more objectionable and is another story entirely but um yeah we're not likely to see it which sucks um but i'm sure that there are then created works that are like very similar to what i'm describing which uh, maybe is more important than official recognition. So I think that's basically all I have to say about Bowser. Um, yeah, he is a spiky dad. He is a big spiky dad. Um, and I love him a lot. And um, he seems like he is a good, uh, good dad, I guess. Like, honestly... Um, he gives his kids like chances again and again, right? Like he, um, he gives them their own like airships and castles and stuff and says like, go fight Mario. Um, although on the other hand, it's like he has been unable to do this thing for like years and years. And then he's like putting it on his kids. Then he's like, oh, now you have to go fight Mario because like, I, I can't do it, but you will definitely be able to. So it's almost like that thing of like, parents putting these expectations related to their own failures onto their kids. So I guess that's not great, but like in other ways, he seems to be like a pretty good dad. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I think like compared to a lot of dads in games um, or a lot of dads in media, Bowser is like doing a pretty good job. He's like, um, yeah, I mean, especially considering that it's basically just him, like unless you count Miyamoto as, um, as his like weird creator wife. Um, <laughs> it's just really him, right? He's just sort of like taking care of the whole thing. And it doesn't really seem like anyone else in that kind of whole realm or like kingdom is really sort of capable of, of organizing things the way that he does. Um, maybe that, that's not true, but like it just seems like he is like in charge and um, 
does it just because like basically he's expected to or like has to um and again like yeah it doesn't seem like a terrible uh terrible dad king i guess as they go uh he breathes fire too i don't know if i mentioned that but um that's i don't know if that's like a feature of most dads but uh but yeah so um, I wanted to thank a bunch of people for contributing their thoughts to this episode. Uh, it was really helpful. I think there are a lot of um, Dad Bowser scholars out there that have a lot to say on this topic. Um, so Colin Space Twings, Henry Faber, Deirdre Backpack, Tom McHenry, Jonathan Holmes, Foxhound, Quantum Cat number 1207, Kevin Zerwell, Crying Char, Kyle Remmergarten, Pearl Eileen, Crab Artist, and Aaron Decker. Thank you all so much for contributing your thoughts and feelings about Bowser to this episode. Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening. And um, yeah, Bowser is a dad. Um, you know, at Nintendo and tell them to make a dad Bowser game. I know I will. All right. I will talk to you all later. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by Nick Bravo for Stay Mean. Stay Mean is listener supported. If you appreciate the shows we make and want access to bonus episodes and other perks, Support us at dadfeelings.com slash support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album, Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy. Thanks for listening. Be good, kiddos.